Good morning. It's 2 a.m. It's Sunday, November the 13th, coming to you from a thousand feet above Chicago. Guess who? Good morning from Chicago. This is Gummo. This is show number 46. This is Transmit. I'd like to welcome you back to the show. Uh, I would like to welcome myself back to the show as well. It's been another um, three weeks, a three-week pause. But here I am. I'm back. We are back. We've got a full studio tonight here. Got about, let's see, eight, nine, about 14 people in a 75 square foot studio and uh it's just the body heat alone is uh raising the temperature in here but we are all glad to be back here in the studio i'm glad to be i'm actually super thrilled to be back here in this studio uh this is show 46 this is the show called transmit i am your host gummo i am a former black hat hacker with about 30 years experience and i have a little podcast here that I just uh, like to chat. And so here we are. Uh, it's, it's been quite a, uh, an amazing uh, ride here for the past eight or nine weeks. Uh, a lot of, lot, of, uh, lot of pauses on the show, a lot of uh, starts and stops, a lot of traveling, uh, and a, a, lot of, a lot of reflecting and decision-making on what we are doing, where we are going, and basically what's going on uh, with the show and us and the podcast and life in general and all of that stuff. So uh, without any further ado, we're, we're going to go ahead and get this thing kicked off. Uh, we are uh, coming to you uh, 
would you say it's late or early? I would say it's rather early because normally we do the show every Sunday night. Uh, however, I've been away from the mic for uh, a few weeks, putting things together, trying to fix things uh, from a technical perspective and from uh, my own perspective. Uh, you know, if you've been listening to the show and if you know me or or if you've sort of know me by listening to the show, you know that normally we bring you the show every week, every Sunday evening. Uh, and those are, that's just one of the things that I wanted to go ahead and kick off uh, right away this evening with or this morning, rather, with the show and about the show. Uh, over the past year, when we started the show, we have been doing it or striving to do the show each Sunday evening. And honestly, folks, it's after a year of doing the show, uh, it's it's becoming a little taxing on me and my schedule, uh, you know, that whole uh, balance thing. And so uh, I had I had some discussions with um some, some of the, or most of everybody who puts in their time and effort here on the show. And we all came to the conclusion that uh, from now on, or, or for the foreseeable future, we will do the show once every two weeks instead of every week. Uh, and that, that, gives us, that gives us a chance to uh, sort of live <laughs> a productive life and also be able to do other things uh, you know, it, with our lives, uh, and so uh, w- without any, without taking anything away, I think it's going to, or not only I, but we all came to the conclusion that if we do the show uh, once every two weeks, we will be fresh, uh, and we will also have more answers than questions when we do the show. I think doing the show every week. There's just not enough time to gather enough information and, and facts and, and do a lot of fact checking uh, that you, we normally, you, you know, that you, you should do uh, as the um, the show matures. And so, speaking of maturity, uh, I wanted to thank everyone out there, all of you, our listeners, and all of the. Uh, media streams and services that carry the show, uh, including Radio 24, Viasat, Galaxy 4, everybody out there, Sky. Uh, and uh, we are actually uh, talking with uh, several more providers, uh, including XM Radio. So stay tuned on that. Uh, so we are growing, and we're going to keep it that way. Uh, we have hit the 100,000 listener mark now. So we have over 100,000 downloads every time we do the show. And on the last show, of course, we hit 160,000 downloads, which is, uh, which is quite uh, assuring knowing that uh, there are people out there listening to us. And so uh, from me to you, thank you for supporting us. And just, you know, you don't even have to support us. Just check us out, listen to the show, and, and hopefully you like it. And by all means, keep all of your questions and comments and suggestions coming in. I certainly appreciate those, and I try to address each and every question, comment, concern, yada, 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 that comes our way. Uh, and again, you know, we are still uh, feeling our way through the whole 
uh, thing. And you know, we're we're, we're growing. We're we're getting things are getting better, and uh, that that makes me feel good. Uh, so there's been there ha- and, and so before I get started though, you know, there's there's um, there's just more opportunity for us myself to bring you better content and so that's that's what we're doing so uh as as usual uh there has been a lot going on everywhere in our world uh over the past three weeks we have a new president uh, if you have been living under a rock or you've been holed out in a cave somewhere, uh, you most likely know that uh, here in the United States, over the past year, we have had one hell of an election. Uh, it, it, it has been an, unpre- an unprecedented election cycle, uh, campaign race, and all of that stuff combined. And we had... Uh, probably one of the most interesting, entertaining campaigns that I've ever seen in my life. And so we have a new president here in the United States. Uh, And our new president, (laughs) Donald Trump. Yes, that guy. Uh, Donald Trump is now the president-elect and he has uh, surpassed his challenger, Hillary Clinton, who almost seemed to have assured herself that she was headed for the White House. Uh, However, uh, unfortunately for her, uh, that's not going to happen. And to the delight and the dismay of equal amount of people who voted, he will be our 45th president. And so, you know, if, if you know who Donald Trump is, uh, you know, I'm not going to spend any time sitting here explaining who he is. All you have to do is search the Internet for Donald Trump and you will discover who he is exactly. Uh, a lot of people say that there's a lot of reason to con- for concern and the country's going to go to shits and all of that stuff. But listen... One man cannot screw everything up. The beauty of the United States and its constitution guarantees that no one single person can really screw shit up that bad. So, nevertheless, he is our president-elect. Whether you like him or dislike him, he he will be our president. And so, uh, as an American, and, and, you know, myself included... Uh, you should support or, or yeah, I think support. What do you think, guys? Support? Yes. Support. We should support our elected president and uh, hope for the best. Uh, and funny thing is, uh, last Friday, the stock market hit a record high, 18,000 points the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and those that uh, know me a little bit or know that uh, I am a licensed trader, of course I don't trade because I just 
It's, I don't know. I just don't like it. But uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit a record high of 18,000 points. I don't think the market has seen 18,000 since sometime around 2007, 2008. So that's encouraging. And of course, uh, there's all sorts of crazy, wacky ideas that Mr. Trump has suggested that he's going to do. And then now he's uh, taking more softer approaches and stances to some of the uh, campaign issues. But hey, whatever. He's the president-elect, and that's how it is. There's nothing that anyone can do to change that. So it's the, you know, I, I, you know, just try your best to support our, our president and our uh, very democratic way of electing our presidents. And uh, that should be that. And uh, I really don't like to speak about politics, but, you know, hey, this is, you know, we, we've got a new president. So I wanted to just throw that out there. And, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. Tomorrow will come. <laughs> And tomorrow we'll go. And so uh, we are definitely in for a most curious next four years. And I myself am very curious to see how everything turns out. One of the things that I was telling um, one, of, one of my family members last week was that... Uh, when I woke up the next morning following the results of the election last Tuesday, uh, I had this little strange feeling uh, that I haven't had since Reagan uh, left office in 1989. And it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, I, I, I was 17 years old when Reagan uh, left office. And it was... I don't know. You, you know, I was. I, I'm. This. This is how I felt. Uh, in 1989, January of 89, when uh, George Bush Senior was sworn in, sworn in. Uh, there was. You know, I grew up in the 80s. So when he was sworn in in 1989, I, I felt like you know, even at 17, I was like, wow, you know, there. There goes a little bit of history right there, and uh, honestly, I haven't felt I haven't you know that little tingle. If you if you grew up in the eighties, seventies, eighties, you know where you know where I'm coming from when I say that uh, when I when I'm talking about that little tingle of hope and excitement, and that's what we had uh, during the Reagan years, and uh, oddly enough, that that. Last Wednesday, when I woke up, I had that little tingle come back. Who knows? Maybe I was just catching a cold. Uh, so that's that, uh, folks. We have a new president. The show will be every two weeks now instead of every week. And who knows? I may, We may go back to uh, an every week cycle. But for now, uh, for my sanity, for everyone's sanity... For us to get facts straight, we're going to do the show every two weeks, and I think the content will get better. And if it doesn't, let me know. Seriously, let me know. You know how to uh, get a hold of me, right? Go to twitter.com forward slash gummo, G-U-M-M-O-X-X-X. 
go ahead and smash that follow button and send me a DM or just, uh, you know, say, hey, Gummo, uh, blah, blah, blah. I have a suggestion, an idea, or I just don't like this, that, or the other. And we will uh, take a look at your comment and respond accordingly. So those are the first two things uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we had to kick off the schedule. And also next week, we will be opening up the mailbag. We have uh, quite a few emails and from our listeners that we would like to go ahead and address and get, get that off the ground uh, and just do a little, just do a little uh, Q&A. I guess that you, you would call it. I don't know. But w nevertheless, we want to answer some of the emails uh, that have been rolling in. Uh, and real quick, I want to give some shouts out. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Apple and Stone for the great, great uh, support they 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 have provided uh, to us for the past year and a half with the great music and samples and all that uh, jazz that uh, that you hear before and after the show. And also, we want to give uh, some some special select shouts uh, to a number of people. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Brother San, Denise, Vanessa, Jackie. Ice, Tez, Newton, Storm, Base Radio 24, Shelly, Steph, Dan, Dave M, Craig and Linda, Jamie, Tough Crew, GX, and the Southside Tech Underground. Hey, I love all of you guys, and thank you all for your friendship, admiration, support. It really means a lot to me, and it means a lot to us who all volunteer to put this little thing together. Uh, also, thanks to Security Team 4. Uh, and also a uh, very special shout out uh, to Melissa. Thank you. Oh, and Stephanie. And be sure to uh, check check me out on Twitter. That's the only place I'm at uh, right now as far as social media goes. Twitter.com forward slash gummo, G-U-M-M-O-X-X-X. -X -X. Uh, speaking of social media, folks, Twitter's kind of getting stale. And you know, uh, one, you know, I do read the news too, and I see a lot of uh, a lot of misconceptions about the direction that Twitter is going in. And you know, if you've been following me on Twitter, you'll notice that I've taken quite a pause lately on Twitter. And you know, it's you know, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know, but. I just, I just get tired of being on social media. And so I've been looking for alternate uh, social media streams and I've been testing one out and uh, it, it, I'm trying it out now. And if everything goes, uh, I, I like what I see with this new social media platform. And if, and if I keep liking it and, and, I, and as I said, I'm testing it extensively and thoroughly now. Uh, from a personal perspective, uh, I think what we'll, we will do eventually, uh, most likely by the first of the year, is switch social media platforms from Twitter to. Uh, we'll wait. We'll wait to announce that uh, the next service. But uh, so far, I really like the the new service that we're trying out. It's it's very friendly. They have an app, uh, and you can just you can just do more with it rather than 140 characters. So uh, please do stay tuned and, uh, for the new uh, announcement where we will be going to a new social media platform. And of course, I will, uh, oddly enough, I will post uh, the new details on uh, my Twitter account. Uh, 
when the time comes. But so far, I like the new. I like the new upcoming social media platform versus Twitter. There's just too much. There's too many bots, and there's just too much. There's there's just too much ridiculousness on Twitter, and so uh, I am looking to change social media platforms. Uh, what else? Uh, also in the news, after 108 years, 108, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs, America's most lovable losers, finally won the World Series. Now, let me tell you, folks, it was bananas two weeks ago here in the city when the uh, Cubs won the World Series. Uh, it's been 108 years, and it's uh, and the last time they've been to the World Series was 1945 or 46. So there was quite a little dry spell in between <laughs> visits to the World Series and even a pennant. But the Cubs are world uh, world champions, and that just sounds weird saying that the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, we everybody here in the city had a great time. Wow, the parade again, uh, amazing, and it was actually warm uh, that that Friday, two Fridays ago when we had the parade here in Chicago. It was actually warm. Usually by now, this time of year in Chicago. Uh, there's about, you know, a couple feet of snow piled up on the side of the road. There's salt trucks, uh, and all kinds of other, uh, wintry ridiculousness going on. And so far, uh, knock on wood, we've been uh, a little bit fortunate to enjoy some, uh, rather unique warm weather here. So that continues and I am extremely happy about that. And, if, and again, if you know me or you've listened to the show, you know that normally I kick the show off with, you know, how the weather is going uh, here. And uh, it's been it's been nice, really nice. Uh, Chicago has a few more professional sports teams, such as the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Bears and the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and. Yes, the Bears do suck this year, and uh, so do the Jaguars. You know, uh, I'm from Jacksonville, and I love my Jaguars, but they just Jacksonville just can't seem to pull it off either. Maybe it's just not their year. It's not like I'm a sports nut or anything, but I do like to um, I do like to follow some teams here and there. So that's that. Uh, it, the uh, we've got some. We've, we've, we've got all kinds of stuff, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get through all of uh, the topics that w- I have laid out for the show tonight. Plus, we, as I said, we have a packed studio in here tonight, and everybody's giving me caterpillar eyes already. Uh, and if you are in the city or near the locale of The Loop here in downtown Chicago, uh, when we were meeting every... Sunday evening before the show over at the old Aria Chicago restaurant, uh, which is next door uh, to the Aeon building here. Uh, We do have a new place that we meet. And so if you'd like to join us every two weeks before or after the show, please, by all means, you're most you're most welcome to join us. Usually there's about anywhere between 10 and 25 of us that uh, we'll, we will all go and hang out and uh, enjoy the evening. 
So uh, reach out to me on Twitter. <laughs> and soon enough, you can reach out to me on the new social media platform and we can give you details on where to uh, come and hang out with us. Uh, it's it's a great little uh, thing that we... We, you know, we all just kind of just get together and chat and hang out and talk about tech and everything else. It's it's nothing formal, and that's the way we all like it. We all just kind of hang out. Uh, people that do drink, uh, they they get drinks. I don't I I don't drink, but you know, if you if we do meet at a bar, it's a nice bar, and uh, we all just uh, enjoy talking about things. So uh, we we do we do like to. Uh, encourage you to come and join us and hang out and please by all means feel free to do that uh so yeah that's it we've we've got a new president the cubs won the world series i think i'm in the twilight zone i was in the mall the other uh, it was about a week and a half ago i was in a mall and that was that was kind of a trip just being in there i went to sears <laughs> yes they're still around and believe it or not, uh, <laughs> Sears uh, does an amazing job. Uh, if, if you're looking to uh, have some service done for your wheels, well, go to Sears. Yeah, Sears. Can you believe that? And you get a you get a warranty and a guarantee and all that fun stuff. But nevertheless, we uh, we went to the mall with a Sears about two weeks ago, and uh, so uh, I, I went on a Sunday morning, and it was. It was before the mall officially opened up, but it was open, and so I had my little grab bag with me and had my headphones, and uh, yeah, so I'm like, okay, let me walk through a mall. And honestly, folks, I have not walked a mall, oh my God, 15 years, 20 years? It, it, no, it, it's, been, it's been over 20 years since I've walked through a mall like that. And so it was, it was so weird going through a mall and seeing like all of these stores in there. And most, I would say 40% of the stores that were in the mall were going out of business. And so that's a testament to the internet and the web and Amazon and Chewy and all of these fine services that you can now shop from, from your handheld device. Uh, and speaking of handheld devices, there are a lot of new handheld devices, uh, and if and a lot of bad handheld devices. If you're not familiar, uh, Samsung has the Galaxy Note handheld uh, phone, which they actually took a few billion dollars, more than a few, I believe, a six to ten billion dollar loss because the phones were catching on fire and exploding and whatnot. So. Uh, Samsung failed miserably with that. So they tried to issue a recall on the Galaxy Note 7. And so they tried to replace it with another one. But the replacements themselves were catching fire and exploding. And and so Samsung just uh, decided to pull the plug, no pun intended, on the Galaxy Note 7. And uh, they just scrapped the entire Galaxy Note 7 program, and they are now uh, working on the Galaxy Note 8, which is due out in 2017. And I am quite sure, along with other insiders in the tech industry, that the Galaxy Note 8 will be nothing less than a showstopper. 
Uh, speaking of devices named 7, the iPhone 7 as well uh, was launched recently, and it actually is an iPhone 6. Uh, and so nothing spectacular other than, you know, the standard flair uh, stuff that Apple brings to the table. You know, we new processor, you know, they've got Johnny Ive up there speaking in his really thick British accent, speaking about how the aluminum beveled edges are crafted and all of that stuff. So we have a new iPhone 7. The Galaxy Note 7 has been scrapped. Uh, the, OnePlus, the OnePlus phones... Uh, those are great little handheld devices. Check that those out as well. Uh, and from the rumor mill on iPhones, uh, next year is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. And so there is wild and vivid speculation on the iPhone 8, which is the 10-year anniversary iPhone. And uh, it's supposed to be, or from what I've the information that I'm getting and uh, other speculatory interests say that the 10-year anniversary iPhone, a.k.a. iPhone 8, is going to be, uh, as well, nothing short of a showstopper and something amazing. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, as well. So stay tuned for that. So if you, if you are one of the um, many people that enjoy Apple products, uh, by all means, you know, go go check it out. Go grab yourself an iPhone and uh, enjoy, enjoy those uh, accommodations. Me, I, I, you know, I've got my old uh, Samsung flip phone here, and it serves me quite well. Uh, in other news, <laughs> and I believe we were uh, not on the air, but on uh, October the 21st, there was a serious uh, denial of service attack that went across the uh, internet and the World Wide Web. And um, I had spoken briefly about it on Twitter about making sure that I wanted to have enough facts to speak about uh, this specific attack which had happened. Uh, and basically, uh, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote quite heavily from the website of the provider who was attacked. Uh, but quite briefly, what had happened was that there was a provider who controls the DNS information for large-scale websites such as Twitter, Netflix, um, Hulu, the, the big conglomerate websites out there, the New York Times, the Washington Post. And, you know, if, if, if I'm... If I'm being miscued by, you know, whatever, whatever, who cares? But anyhow, uh, there, at the, this this company's infrastructure was attacked with a, de, a severe denial of service attack, uh, which was actually the largest the internet had ever seen, clocking in at around 720 gigabits of data per second, uh, thus therefore flooding. Uh, the server, the servers, and the services of DYN's network, Dyn, who again effectively controls the DNS routing uh, for these large uh, conglomerate companies such as Twitter, blah blah blah. Twitter went down again. That's 
you know, that's not why we're changing social media platforms, but you know, uh, I already spoke about that. But uh, this was a this was a pretty uh, brutal attack. Uh, you know, starting at approximately 7 a.m. on the 21st, uh, Dine began experiencing a DDoS attack uh, on its um, on its infrastructure, and the Dine Network Operations Center and their team uh, began immediately to mitigate the the attacks, which of course, you know, they they are no stranger to being under attack. But this one specific tech attack was uh, quite unique, and it's it's you know everybody's set, everybody all the security gurus and these these ridiculous people that get up and speak at these security events. And again, I want to talk about that because who in the hell are these people, these experts, in leading these panels? You know, I, I see it all over the place, and I've never seen any of these people before. Uh, you know, I know some of the. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know, but you know, I I know of some of the experts in the field, and you know, I, uh, I've commented on it a time or two. Like, who in the hell are these people? But nevertheless, uh, there's uh, a lot of the lot of uh, you know, it's like literally the next day, uh, these uh, the so-called experts were uh, speculating on what had happened, and you know, I'm kind of a patient kind of cat, you know, so I, I wanted to just sit back and see you know, what had happened, how it happened. And I wanted to talk about it, uh, correctly here on the show. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So, uh, continuing on, um, the folks over at the network operations center at Dyne, uh, began to mitigate the attack and it became, uh, clear that the attack was different, uh, than any other attack that, uh, Dyne had ever experienced. Uh, the network operations team was able to mitigate the first attack. The, the attack actually came in several waves uh, and restore service to customers. But unfortunately, during the same time, uh, Internet users directed to the Dyn servers on the east coast of the United States were unable to reach some of the customers sites, such as Twitter and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, these are marquee brands uh, of the Internet. And so uh, Dyn did... Uh, Dyne did everything, you know, in their playbook that they could to mitigate the attacks, but it was just too much. As I said, it was coming, you know, it was clocking in between 640 and 720 gigabits per second uh, in real time, too. And so, uh, after service was restored after the first wave attack of attacks, uh, starting around 7 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, Dyne experienced a second wave. Uh, just before noon Eastern Standard Time, and the second wave was more global in nature, uh, and it was just not limited to the East Coast uh, pops. But uh, it, again, uh, Dime was able to mitigate the service, uh, the attack rather, and have service partially restored uh, around 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, again. Uh, Another attack came. A third wave came in, and that was again. That was that was a pretty brutal attack. Uh, and again, they, they were clocking in at 720 gigabits per second. Uh, so what what caused this? So there there was a there was a few breakdowns in the chain of command here. So there was actually a piece of uh, it's a, basically a worm. 
uh, aka malware that had that was created uh, by some specific individuals uh, that had either rented, sold, or leased the code to make that uh, attack possible towards Dyne. And uh, backing up just a moment, uh, a, a week or so beforehand, uh, the, the the people behind the attacks, not necessarily the people who attacked Dyne, but whoever was trying it out, tried it out on um, security researcher Brian Krebs um, and his website. Uh, just And he was hit with over 650 gigabit per second um, bluster of DDoS packets as well and knocked him slap off the internet. And uh, he, he, was, he was down for about two or three days before uh, he went to uh, seek shelter under Google's umbrella and uh, get his website back up. Uh, and, and now he, he sits on Google's servers uh, in that regard. So afterwards, after Brian Krebs was attacked, there was about a week, week and a half pause, and then the attacks came to Dyne. And uh, that's, that's, what, uh, that, that's how it happened. So the, the malware called... Um, Mira, Myra, whatever. It was it was some malware slash worm that infected um, internet connected thermostats, uh, DVRs, anything connected to the internet. You know this the little catchy phrase, Internet of Things, IoT, hashtag IoT, Internet of Things. You know uh, these little gadgets and gadgets that uh, connect to the internet uh, were effectively uh, taken over and directed uh, directed towards a botnet a conglomeration of botnets and then those botnets therefore in turn attacked their specified targets uh, and the interesting thing about these uh, particular devices were that uh, there were millions of these devices that were compromised infected and then of course used in the attack uh, against Brian Krebs and Dyne and a few other entities actually that were not mentioned in the media. Uh, these these uh, specific Internet of Thing devices, and I really hate saying that, but whatever. These devices uh, had little to no security at all, no passwords, uh, nothing protecting the administration panel, and those that did uh, seem to have been affected by users not creating a unique specific password for their uh, device which caused um, which caused the devices to become infected and therefore the attack was launched through those devices uh, and so again backing up a little bit the um, the devices uh, they were manufactured uh, I believe two or three of these devices were actually manufactured by the same Chinese manufacturing company uh, with again little to no security at all and uh, that's that's kind of how it uh, that's kind of that's that's what it was that's uh, how it was how it was done and it was kind of interesting um, knowing that one manufacturer uh, and their lack of security caused so much headache for so many people. And so um, 
that's what happened. And um, I, I read a lot of research white papers afterwards as well, uh, trying to gain sense of the actual attacks. And uh, sadly, folks, uh, it's it, you know I, I don't like I don't like putting the bullhorn up anymore. But it's only going to get worse because the author of the original code that uh, was that was able to accomplish this feat uh, released the code. And so now anybody and everybody has a chance to pull off an attack just like the ones that were dropped on Dine. And so that's it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, year coming up uh, when, when it comes to uh, DDoS attacks and everything. Personally, I think DDoS attacks are quite lame. I mean, but that's my own opinion. Uh, but you know, some people, uh, people, some people don't just don't have any, uh, any choice, I guess. Who knows? So nevertheless, it was an interesting, uh, turn of events. Uh, and specifically for the, the folks over at Dine. Uh, and it, it was, it, and as I had mentioned, it was a very sophisticated attack across multiple attack vectors and internet locations. Uh, Dine confirmed with uh, the, the analysis of uh, Flashpoint and Akami Technologies that uh, one source of the traffic for the attacks were devices infected by the Mirai botnet. That's the name of it, folks. Mirai. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, and it was um, tens of millions of these devices. And they all had their own, you know, of course, they all had their own unique IP address. So traditional DDoS mitigation techniques were ineffective when it came to this uh, specific attack. So that's how that shit went down. And again, uh, it's, it, you know, I hate to be, uh, I hate to bang a drum here, but uh, now that the source code is out there, uh, it's going to be recrafted, rehashed, improved. And uh, most likely used again. So, uh, you know, I'm gritting my teeth here going, <laughs> but uh, that's that. And, it's, and there will be more attacks came, coming up soon. Uh, you know, and there's, the, the, you know, with this, with the, with the past election thing going on, you know, there was, you know, there was DDoS attacks every day. You know, you had WikiLeaks, you know, dropping documents and releasing emails and then you had investigations by the FBI and Hillary Clinton's it was just a big mess and so that's why I took three weeks off as well so this shit was crazy right uh, also so moving on a million uh, <laughs> am I really talking about this uh, if you are an adult friend finder user uh, you may want to change your passcode, uh, but it may be a little bit too late because uh, as of the airing of the show, which is right now, or by the time you listen to the show, it's going to be a day or a day and a half after we've aired. Uh, but uh, two notorious hackers, one known as Revolver, and one known as Peace are separately claiming to have broken into the hookup site Adult Friend, <laughs> Adult Friend Finder and breached millions of users' accounts. Um, according to sources, um, 
recently uh, that this, uh, uh, according to sources, many multiple sources, uh, the hacker piece also has claimed to have compromised another 73 million uh, AFF users uh, and also another 65 million uh, users as well uh, on Tumblr. So, you know, we, we have close to what, six, seven hundred million user accounts that have now been compromised within the past eight months. Vice posted a copy of a tweet from 1X0123 um, to confirm that uh, he or she is directly responsible for it. But uh, Peace also spoke out to the media last week that he hacked into Adult Friend Finder and passed everything uh, on to other hackers. Uh, so, I you know, he, you know, as usual, it's another significant data breach, another invasion of privacy. Whatever, you, however you want to wish to view it, or whatever sort of uh, standpoint you have on it. Uh, those accounts were compromised and um, but yeah also uh, more cyber problems continue for Tesco Bank uh, Tesco is a bank in the UK uh, and from recent accounts that uh, from recent reports that 20,000 accounts or more may have been compromised uh, at the Tesco Bank uh, there in the uh, lovely UK. Uh, Andrew Bailey, chief executive of the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK, told, uh, spoke basically uh, and said uh, that there are elements of this that look unprecedented and it, and it is very serious, clearly. Uh, Tesco Bank stopped all online transactions for 140,000 customers on uh, last Monday, after it discovered 40,000 customers had been targeted by the online attack. Half of the customers had money taken from their accounts, which are operated through an app or online. Customers also reported that sums of money have been transferred to Spain, Brazil, and, and you know, some weird-ass places around the globe. So, uh, the UK's National Crime Agency is one of the... One of the organizations uh, investigating the issue and also uh, a division of uh, GCHQ, the National Cyber Security Center, confirmed that was working with the NCA uh, and they have uh, launched a formal criminal inquiry into uh, that situation. Um and it's it's uh it, it's it's going to take time, you know, because the investigators uh, over at the NCA are quite thorough, and trust me when I say that they are very thorough. Uh, given the investigation thus far and the evidence at hand, the National Cybersecurity Center is unaware of any wider threats to the UK banking sector connected uh, to this specific incident. Uh, Bailey also went on to say that uh, that uh, he was in close contact with the FCA uh, and Tesco, and also that Tesco had reassured that uh, reassured their customers and regulators in the UK 
uh, whose money had been stolen, uh, that their accounts would be replenished uh, and everything should be back to normal for those uh, particular customers that were affected during the uh, breach. Uh, but still, at this point, it's too early to know uh, exactly the root cause of what caused the um, the issue onto itself, but seems from a little digging that I'd done, it was uh, going through one of their web portals. Maybe some bad JavaScript, huh? <laughs> uh, and as I said, Donald Trump is president, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and more DDoS attacks continue to uh, hit other banks, uh, in, in specific uh, in Russia. Uh, Russia uh, reports that uh, they had some banks themselves under uh, severe DDoS attacks. Uh, and the Russian Central Bank reported that DDoS attacks on a number of major banks uh, in, in Russia uh, were severely affecting uh, connectivity, interconnectivity, wire transfers, international transfers, and just basic customer data. Uh, some of the banks affected, which, I, which I'm not going to mention, uh, were uh, effectively shut down. And uh, reports say that some of, and this is cute, that some of the uh, ATMs at one of the banks that was hit actually had some um, vile and vulgar language uh, on the ATM displays. So when customers went to the ATMs, they were greeted with uh, something quite X-rated. Uh, so last Tuesday, uh, one of the banks uh, fought off uh, a very uh, strong series of powerful uh, denial of service attacks, and they seemed uh, the, the the attacks, of course, were obviously spoofed, and they seemed to have been coming in from various countries. Uh, but um, the Russian authorities are actively investigating investigating this incident as well. Uh, bot networks from the uh, and here we go. Bot network bot networks from the so-called Internet of Things uh, were involved in this wave of attacks as well. So uh, you know these these are you know your Nest thermostats or I'm not not. Let me back up. They're not Nest thermostats. They're internet-connected thermostats like the Nest thermostats. Uh, you know, so you had these thermostats, you know, DVRs, uh, IP cameras. Any kind of goofy thing that's connected to the internet uh, was taking part in uh, these large-scale uh, denial-of-service attacks. Uh, and again, uh, the, the, the banks were, uh, these Russian banks were, uh, definitely crippled during the this round of attacks directed at them. Uh, according to Kaspersky Labs, hackers attacked websites of at least uh, five of the prom prominent uh, financial institutions and another uh, top another ten financial institutions in Russia were also the victims of the same sort of attack coming from the same source. That took a long time to say so. Uh, attackers use multiple vectors, send flood attacks uh, and HTTP flood attacks. Uh, and the, basically these, these type of attacks are just taking advantage of some misalignments in the HTTP Git and the post protocols. Uh, and those, those, those are actually 
uh, in the forefront of the actual attack, which is taking place behind those um, protocols. Uh, again, as I said, the, the attacks are, are very complex and they're virtually impossible to stop with standard uh, DDoS mitigation uh, tool sets, knowledge, all of that crap. Uh, you can stop it, but it takes, you know, it, it takes a lot. It, it takes a real good red team uh, to stop these kind of attacks. And, you know, now that the Mirai uh, botnet source code is out there, you're going to see you're, you're going to see a lot more of these things coming your way, coming to an institution near you. Uh, not to be not to be outdone. Uh, some of some of, how, how do I want to put this? If you have a if you have a nonprofit organization uh, out there with databases that are connecting and all of that stuff, it seems to be that this seems to be the next round of targets for some of these uh, criminals and criminal entities and gangs or whatever, whatever, whoever, whatever. But uh, nonprofit organizations are still high up on the list, and this time uh, databases will be the targets. And so it's going to be interesting to see new variants of the Myri uh, uh, Mirai botnet uh, improved upon. Uh, and let's let's keep going here because you know Yahoo, uh, you know it, again if it, you know you should know by now that Yahoo uh, suffered uh, an extreme data breach with over 500 million users uh, having their data breached uh, back in 2014. And the odd thing about it is it's just now being reported or Yahoo admitted that uh, some of their employees were aware of the 500 million user data breach as early as 2014. And yeah, the general public is just now finding out. Um, the hack which Yahoo has attributed to an unnamed state-sponsored actor occurred late in 2014 and uh, according to a recent filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission here in the United States, it seems that Yahoo detected it uh, quite early. Uh, in late, late July of this year, uh, a hacker claimed to have obtained certain user data and was trying to um, sell it, trade it, barter it, or whatever. But uh, Yahoo is trying, uh, Yahoo is in the midst of being sold to Verizon. And Verizon, I believe, wants a deal now. Uh, the question of when Yahoo learned of the breach is essential to the planned sell to Verizon because re Verizon has reportedly asked for, <laughs> get this, a $1 billion discount in light of the data breach. I mean, seriously, if I was uh, Verizon, I wouldn't even try. But uh, that's the grand leadership of Marissa Meyer over there at Yahoo. And, uh, her, and you better believe she's going to ride out on a golden parachute one way or the other. Uh, and my personal opinion, uh, she pretty much ran the whole company into the ground. So uh, we're running out of time. We only have a few minutes left. But I, as usual, I like to bring up a gadget or two. And this time, uh, we're going to talk about some cool things that is in every hacker's arsenal. Uh, it, I myself... Uh, I have a run bag or a go bag or a hot bag or a red bag. Well, however you want to uh, classify it, you know, it's it's that bag of tricks that you carry around when you have um, 
a pen test or you have been engaged to test the uh, resources and security of a company. Uh, and so uh, every 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 hacker has a run. I, I call it a run bag. And so in my run bag, since the 80s, I've always had, you know, my stand. <laughs> my standard flair of uh, gadgets and gadgets and laptops and software and all of that stuff. And thank God for technology and the improvement of technology because now everything I have besides the laptop pretty much uh, fits in the palm of my hand. But one thing that is standard for any hacker is a set of uh, bump keys. Uh, you know, if you know what a bump key is, a, uh, a bump key basically is sort of like a master skeleton key. Uh, and it basically a bump key will open up a specific lock for a specific manufacturer. And so I was looking around, you know, before, uh, I got, before I got here, uh, to, uh, hackers HQ to do the show this evening or this morning, rather, I, um, I wanted to talk about some bump keys and some deals on some bump keys. And so I found some and, uh, I found a really cool set of bump keys and I'm going to go through the list because it's quite extensive. Um, this this set of keys you can find at uh, Hacker Warehouse, uh, and it's uh, it's the bump key set. Uh, the SKU is LP BKK, and it's in the category of lockpicks. Uh, and quoting from their website, uh, the bump hammer and 30 bump keys is basically everything you need to start bumping locks. Uh, again, when you bump a lock, folks, with the right bump key, it'll open anything up. Uh, and again, check <laughs> check with your local laws and your municipalities, your state laws, all of that crap before you start bumping locks off of uh, doors and whatever else your target is. Uh, it, these uh, Owning a set of bump keys is quite useful for doing pen tests. There are legitimate uses for bump keys, and so that's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, you know, you can do bad things with it. And however, I do not encourage you to do anything bad with bump keys, but this one set is quite unique because there are 30 keys on it and it, it covers a lot of, uh, manufacturers, uh, the Slage C, uh, SC1, 100 C's, five pins, this, uh, Slage C's, SC4, 101 C's, six pins. The Slage E's SC8 100E 5 pins. Uh, the Slage E SC9 101E 6 pins. Uh, the Sergeant S S69 6 pin. Uh, the Slage 5 pin Master Keyway. Uh, and it, that will also fit a C, E, F, G, H, L, E, F, F, G, and C, E. The Slage 6 pin Master Keyway will, uh, also will fit a C, E, F, G H L E F F G C E. Uh, quick set KW10, Quick set KW1, Corbin Russin, CO8860 6, the Seagull SC1 5 pin, the Ilco IN33 5 pin, the Arrow AR1, Arrow AR4. Um, and it just goes on and on. Wiser, WR5, Wiser. WR4, WR6, 6-pin, five 5-pin five respectively. Uh, National, NA6, Yale, Y1, 5-pin, Yale, Y2, 6-pin. Dexter, DE6, 6 and 5-pins. Westlock, WK2, 
Ilco IN3, Sergeant LN, Sergeant RN, Sergeant LA, uh, Master Lock M1, Master Lock M10, Slage Everest, C1123, Slage Everest 125, and Slage Everest 145. Uh, it's about a pound for all 30 of these. You can find it at the Hacker Warehouse. It costs about $140. And again, these are bump keys, and bump keys are quite unique. If you want to learn more about bump keys and their, what they do, uh, just search and ye shall be rewarded. Uh, again, uh, be sure to also check with your local laws uh, and make sure that you are, stay within the legal confines of the law. We don't want anybody getting in trouble. Uh, we have a few more things to talk about, but we are out of time, folks. Uh, one more thing, one last mention I wanted to mention. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, uh, Integral, the Hacker Integral, uh, was uh, very nice and kind uh, to create some software for us, and it's uh, he, it's called Titan Crypt. And basically, uh, let's see, I'm reading from his, uh, his GitHub page here. Titan Crypt is a local all-in-one security suite aimed at the average user with the intent of providing them with a collection of tools to help protect their data. Encrypting and decrypting files and even entire folders is as simple as clicking a few buttons and then sitting back while you enjoy a cup of coffee as a precious photo or home videos are quickly transformed into secure files stored in a specified folder of your choice. You can do quite a lot with Titan Crypt. Uh, and so uh, Integral was uh, very cool and letting us, uh, creating uh, this for us. And he has it uh, available for free on his GitHub page. Uh, and you can find that at github.com forward slash N-T-E-G-R-L forward slash titan crypt there's a link in uh my twitter feed if you want to check that out as well and it you will be directed to integrals uh github page where you can download titan crypt and use it for free without any restrictions there's it's not payware it's not share it's free and it's for you guys and i had asked integral to create something for us for you guys so you can have secure files, so you can secure your stuff. And this is the perfect tool for it. Go and grab a copy of this. There's no malware, there's no spyware, there's none of that bullshit. It's just straight up software to protect your stuff. And it's called Titan Crypt. And uh, show a little love to Integral when you get, get it and use it. And uh, let him and her know that uh, you enjoy using it and uh, your files will be protected. It's insane, folks. You really should check it out. And again, uh, once again, it's free. Uh, it's clean. Uh, I was able to actually uh, look at the source code, and it, it's great. It's it's really uh, it's really a tight little program. I highly encourage you to download it and use it if you have files on a Windows-based PC that you would like to uh, have secured. So that's that, folks. That is show 46. It's good to be back. And I will be back in two weeks for show number 47. And until then, please take care of yourself. 
Tell somebody that you love them. Please use your skills for something positive. Stay within the law. I know it sucks with Donald Trump as president. If that's how you view it, I really, you know, I, you know, my my personal views don't matter. But if you if you're not digging Donald Trump as president, you know, hey, there there's someone else that's not uh, digging at it as well. You know, all I can say is let democracy do its thing, and everything will work itself out. And do know that the sun will rise tomorrow. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to the, the show here. And again, a, a heartfelt expression and love to everybody that knows and supports me as well. And uh, I will see you guys back here in two weeks for show number 47. Take it easy. And I'll check you guys in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah.